I can't hear myself though. Can I hear myself? Yeah. Test, test. Yeah, I can hear myself. Oh my gosh, it's episode four. We really are here. We made it, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, can you believe we are? We did it. We're here. We are podcasters. Officially. For your first time listeners, this is Nick. Just Nick. Follow me at just Nick underscore 91 on Instagram. Yo, and I'm Clover with a K. Make sure you get the K and uh, you can find me at that crazy creative on Instagram. I'm also known as your um, corporate captive. Yeah, and I'm that corporate dropout. Just wasn't it wasn't for me. So here we are. (laughs) All right, so I had a quick question for you. With you being the corporate dropout, how is that going for you these days? Uh, (laughs) interesting question. I mean, how how is it going for me? Um, not good, not bad. It's 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 going, and when I say that, it's um it's way more interesting than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I left my job. For y'all who don't know, I left my job back in 2019. Um to kind of pursue entrepreneurship. And it's so funny because now I don't know why it was so hard pressed on my heart to leave. Like it was really like, I got to go. So I, um, I left and I actually had plans to move out of the, out of the state. I'm in Texas and I had plans to kind of move to like LA at the time. I was like, okay, I got these creative dreams. Um, let's take them to LA. Let's kind of do the whole PR um, networking thing out there. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I quit my job <laughs> and after quitting my job, I was able to kind of network and that was like a really major part of like how I was able to kind of grow and learn some things you just kind of have to learn hands on and being at work from nine to five every day. Um, it just wasn't working cause I was missing out on so much. Like there's right. things in Dallas called like Dallas startup week. Um, just random networking events where you can kind of get people to know you because one thing about entrepreneurships and like bosses and people you want to network with, they don't work after five. They don't really even work after three. So what was complicated was just finding time to kind of meet these people, mingle with them and get them to hire me. Um, so I left and then I was networking and that was kind of going well. I start running this really dope creative space in downtown Dallas. Um, so I was doing that. So now I had like some, some leverage things to offer, things to tell people I was doing and, um, it was great. And then as soon as I was probably getting hang, the hang of it and you know, you can kind of tell me cause you knew me back then and now you know me now, it kind of feels like as soon as I was kind of getting the hang of it, we got hit with the pandemic and now, um, I spent a whole year just lost in a sense. Um, I was very lost honestly, just because I really just didn't know what to do. Uh, I was really getting started, kind of gaining a little bit of confidence. And the girth of my business came from like events. Um, And honestly, I'm really good with face-to-face interaction. So not being able to have that and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this PR thing through pitching, through, um, you know, traditional media was an adjustment. And it was kind of like having, it was low key. I felt like 2020 was being in, in college again. It was, a year of like learning and it was scary because it was also like, I'm not making money, but God is good. Cause I, I had a part-time job that I worked in college, um, that I never quit. And so I was able to kind of start picking up hours from there. And that was amazing. Um, so I kind of start working part-time and then towards the end of the year, I kind of felt like I started getting my water legs again. Right. 
So, um, and like, okay, figuring out who I was and I started DJing, of course, um, in 2020 and yeah, was it 2020? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right before the pandemic in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? It really was. Or was it 2019? Wait, that you started? I think, no, I got approached about DJing in 2019. Right. Yeah. Dang, 2019, so much happened. <laughs> I got approached around Crazy the end year. of the year of 2019 about DJing, and it was supposed to have me set up for March for wedding season. Right. And that didn't kind of happen because, hey, pandemic, how you doing? And so, uh, yeah, so <laughs> well, uh, I think I learned towards the end of 2020, you got to get it yourself. You got to get your knowledge. You got to get your information. You got to get it yourself. And you're not going to be perfect. And you have to be okay with not being perfect because if you wait to be perfect, you're not going to start nothing. So I had to start taking on clients um, and kind of, I don't want to say experimenting with them, but like forcing myself to do stuff for them to kind of get to where I am now. So now we're in 2021 and I kind of feel like I have the confidence I need to kind of move forward with things. Um, and, you know, I've been doing my DJ thing, building that brand. And I just kind of feel like where we are and as far as how is it going now, I kind of feel like now I can start. Like, I feel like this is where I thought I would be. Honestly, no, this is kind of where I thought I would be subconsciously when I left my job because I was giving myself some time to, uh, to I don't want to say fail, but to coast. I remember those conversations. And um, I'm actually glad that you brought up college uh, just because, you know, one of the cool things about doing this here with you is that we have such a good contrast, you know, the two of us. We have different, one, we have different upbringings. I'm from up north, you're from down south, you know. Triple D. <laughs> Shout out, stand up. Um, you know, I'm from up north, you're from down south. Um, you left your corporate job, I stayed in mine. You know, another mm-hmm. thing is that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about and that, you know, is the difference between our college experiences. You went to an HBC. You, hey, Grand right? State University represent Tigers. And I didn't. And one thing that I found out is one thing that I've been realizing is that a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs, they that's the well, the ones who have gone to college. That's the experience they have. And a lot of the good ones did come from HBCUs because I think it's a big I'm starting to think that it's a huge cultural thing. You know, um, I went to a predominantly white university in most of my business classes and my finance classes. I was one of the, if not the only black person in those classes. So do you think that your the culture of going to an HBCU and being in that, you know, being in that um, that inventive you know, environment and, you know, everyone coming up with ideas and things like that. Do you think that that played a lot into your, you know, your want to be an entrepreneur? Or do you think it just pretty much helped to, to you know, capitalize on those skills that made you that, you know, that were already entrepreneurship? Let, why don't you tell us, tell me about a bit of your college experience and let's, you know, let's let us get it. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm 100 percent with the swag. I highly recommend HBCUs for y'all. For those of y'all who don't know, I'm a very liberal parent. But the only decision my son has to make is if he chooses to go to college, his undergrad, if he wants me to pay for it, will have to be from an HBCU. Um, that's just like I have a I, I Words can't describe how strong um, I I feel. I'm completely biased when it comes to it. Anytime I meet anyone, um, honestly, of any creed, black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, I'm like, hey, you should really, you know, consider an HBCU. Um, a, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. 
Um, and B, uh, the first thing they told me when I went to Grambling State University, my freshman year in a class called FYE, um, was my job is to teach you how not only to be successful here in America, but how to be black and successful here in America. And that just resonated with me to this day because, um, can't nobody teach you that, but somebody who was black and successful. This is true. I mean, that's just really <laughs> what it is. And I mean, and it is different, like, um, upbringings, culture, I mean, like how we communicate, you know, it's just a different culture and you have to learn. It's kind of like trying to, if you were to go to Paris, you know, you want to figure out, Hey, what's the politics in Paris? How do I be successful here? It's the same thing, navigating, um, navigating America. Um, and I, oddly enough, I say that all the time. A lot of my friends who have went to HBCUs, I feel like are better off, um, career wise, rather it's entrepreneurship are, at their jobs, are had better experiences. Are um, at H, um, have been to an HBCU. A, it's because um, when schools go look for recruitment and they're looking for like the best of the best or a certain type of demographic, they're gonna go where they are. That's right. And if they're at it, so it's kind of like I want this. I'm gonna go to an HBCU because I know I have a lot to choose from from here versus picking through the few at a, you know, it's like easier to cast a big net where you know where the fish are going to be. Right. And so um, I think that that has something to do with it, especially when it comes to like um, sponsor, I mean, scholarships and um, internships. They have them set up just for, you know, for diversity reasons with HBCUs. I mean, I would, it's easier that way. So, um, but yeah, I, and as far as like how, how has that affected me with entrepreneurship? I actually, I don't think I actually told you this, but I, I never really wanted to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> like I, I actually know that. I remember that. Yeah. I, I mean, entrepreneurship, I mean, not to discourage anybody, but I mean, if I could just wake up, go to my dream job every day and come home and be happy, I, I, I would do that. Right. I mean, that's why not? <laughs> entrepreneurship is work. I work way more um, than I probably would work if I was at a job because my responsibility doesn't stop when, um, when at five, I can't clock out. Um, I'm responsible for every aspect of my business from the marketing to the branding, to the contracts, to the emails, to the setting it up, to the breaking it down. Like I have to literally do everything and I'm not, I'm a, you know, like I'm a bum. <laughs> like, and so it's, <laughs> it's a muscle I have to flex. Like when I, when I get real serious, I have to really be, I have to be everything. And honestly, I just want to create. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like a personality conflict sometimes because I have to like manage myself mm-hmm. and, um, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy that. I mean, there are benefits. I do get to like kind of work when I want to, but you have to have discipline. And if you don't like discipline, I mean, entrepreneurship, um, actually has probably been one of the most personal journey. Had I known that it was going to be such a personal, like, impactful journey I probably wouldn't have done it like I've had to grow as a person outside of business to juggle and to handle it um between like picking my friends different the conversations I have with people um what I find interesting and then like you know I mean just literally everything and then sometimes people don't dating I mean everything and it's it's like a different lens that I have to like look through and there's a lot of like quote unquote guilt because like I said I'm a bum so I neglect a lot of my (laughs) 
like that contract we talked about last week still ain't did it. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it's I like, wasn't gonna call you out on that contract, but since you did it already <laughs> yourself, I'm yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, but it's like you know we can joke about it, but I mean I don't I don't think it's funny. Like I mean I know I feel guilty about it, and it's like, but I gotta sit down and make the contract, and it's not about that. It's like on top of making that contract, I gotta make sure the contract is branded, so it has my colors, it has my logo, and then I have to send it, and so it's it's just. It's, it's, it's a tremendous journey, but I will say going to an HBCU, being taught by people who want to be there, because most of the time, if you apply to an HBCU, um, you want to work there. You're not applying just because you need a job, because a lot of HBCUs are in the most random of places. Like, there's nothing in Grambling, Louisiana, other than that school. And so, you know, they want to be there. They want to see you succeed. Um, and it's really dope being around that. And then, like, the people you meet, I mean... I mean, nothing compares because we're all here with the same struggle, the same story. Um, so we're, it's a very uniting thing because it's like you chose, not only did you choose this school, you chose an, first you chose an HBCU, then you chose this school. Right. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into that because it's not a, you know, a traditional thought in a sense. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's been dope and like having seeing my friends who went to HBCUs who are entrepreneurs and luckily Gremlin produced a lot of them and they out here in Dallas, um, shout out. It's inspiring. I feel supported. Um, and you know, it's like we all can make it and then we all have this connection mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I see you. And we all want you to succeed on a personal note because a win for you is a win for me. And you know, then we can brag on our school, you know? I'm actually glad you just said that, you know, about a year for, I mean, a win for you being a win for me. And that's the mentality that you get, you know, and that's the vibe that you get coming out of an HBCU as opposed to not going to an HBCU and it's a competition all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. You are the, it's almost like you're trying to be the successful black person in a non HBCU, you know, like I have to be the one because there's only so many of us that can be successful as opposed to we're all successful. Let's go ahead and pull each other up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, like the mentality you just, um, it's definitely that because it's like, can't nobody make you look bad. Right. Like, it's not like, Oh my gosh, because it's, yeah. It's cause I mean, like I said, HBCU is like a, it's for a lot of people, even like going there as a black person, it's a culture shock. I hear a lot of black people say that's a culture shock because you're probably used to like the people, you know, so if your country, you used to see other country black folk, right? If you are a prep, it's like, oh, like I never knew so many like black children because I mean, I'm a freshman in college and we just graduated a few months ago right. into politics. Like, exactly. And they take this stuff seriously and they know what's going on. And I'm like, you're 18. Like, oh my gosh, I'm over here like trying to figure out what like I want to wear today and see this like cute guy. And you like actually have an opinion. Like, I mean, that's like the coolest, the coolest thing. And then there's like the Caribbeans and then there's like, like I said, the, the the Cali folk that I kept getting mistaken for. Um, there's like the Cali folk. And I mean, you got like, the Valley Girl mentality sometimes. You do, yeah. You kind of sound, you talk like one a lot of times. It's hilarious. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. they were like, oh, okay, cool. So you meet the Southern and then you just really learn about yourself. Um, right. And you kind of find where you belong because where you thought a box existed, you learned that it doesn't. And, um, you I'm know, with that. that's dope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was probably, I mean, that's why I recommend it. I mean, it's, it's very, you can be free. Cause like I said, you don't have to worry about anyone's perception of you because we're all the same. 
not only do you recommend it, you go hard. Like hard. you go hard for HBCUs. I mean, I, and I think that's dope for real. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, that was something I wanted to ask you. You know, I wanted to keep that. You know, I wanted to get get people an idea. You know, of where your mentality comes from, where all this started, because this idea didn't just start with you sitting there not wanting to work or not wanting to be corporate anymore. This whole thing started with this was this is something that was kind of embedded in you for a while. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's um, you know, so I think it was really important, you know, for listeners, you know, to actually hear about where that came from. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like I said, it's. Um yeah, and, you know, as time goes on, they'll get to know more about us and origin stories and all of that. But, yeah, like I said, it definitely showing off and more so showing off and showing what people, showing what we can do as people right. and all of that and being a part of something bigger than yourself um, is definitely a big part of who I am and how I feel and all that good stuff. So, yeah, and like you said, I do, I go extremely hard because, I mean, Grambling State was probably one of the best experiences I, I've had. And, um, and I will say that I also, you know, I was at a P- PWI for a little bit cause I ended up getting pregnant in my freshman year and having a baby and yeah, so I had to leave. Um, but I'm grateful for that because, um, I was able to compare a PWI right. to a HBCU. So that way, I, um, my biasness is warranted right. it's from experience. And, um, that's what I want to do. If I give an opinion, I want to be able, if I tell you, I don't like something, I want to tell you, at least I tried it. Um, I can compare tomatoes to tomatoes. I mean, these tomatoes and tomatoes because I lived both. Okay. I feel yeah. that. So, yeah. So, outside of that, uh, how was your week? You know, my week was pretty good. Um, I never really get a chance to actually say, like, how my week really was, you know, being in the corporate world. Because typically it's just, okay, well, I worked, you know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I actually do things at work. You know, it's, it's not just me clocking in and then clocking out. Um, I actually have a busy week, you know, a lot of the time. So right now the big discussion is about people returning back to work, returning back to the office, you know, how that's going to look for people. And it's a huge concern for those of us who are still working in offices. Um, Right now I'm in one of those jobs that they kind of gave us return dates, like, as we go. So it's at one point we were only leaving for two weeks (laughs) when the pandemic first started. They thought. Right. (laughs) Right, yeah, here we go, almost, you know. And on the 15th. Or 16th, it'll be a year since we've been out of work and since we've been out of the office. And work actually is a lot busier working at home than it is in the office because I don't just clock in eight to five. It's, you know, a lot of times my phone is going off and it's nine, 10 o'clock at night. And it's things that would actually need to be handled because I, I bring my laptop and stuff on with me on the daily. So this week it's been a lot of, you know, what is it going to look like returning back to work for us? Are we going to be in these departments where we're going back to work and we're going to be there full time? Are we going to do a hybrid schedule? And who actually needs to be there on the daily basis every day going forward? You know, and, you know, for like my my position in particular, it is um, it's kind of based on necessity. So I work for a lot of doctors. And so those doctors may say, well, I want this person to be in the office because this person being in the office is beneficial to me I and like then, them there. it makes me feel good <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it's like oh i can go walk to that person's desk when i haven't when i have a question as opposed to me sending that person an, an im or sending them an email you know you they get my to, number send me a text <laughs> they have our numbers and <laughs> that's not even that's not always the best situation because when they're free i'm not always free so a lot of times my email and my phone are going off on saturdays and sundays because they teach during the week so it's mm. you know so yeah it's like i said it's by necessity so you know, um, where where I am right now is 
you know, where we are right now and what we went through this week, we had meetings about people returning back to work and trying to see like whose positions and stuff are there. And so I just kind of wanted to share that as my week story, because typically I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't do anything this week. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, Yeah. it was great. I bought groceries, you know, (laughs) but no. Yeah. So I actually do have, you know, I have a week, you know, and it's and it's a lot of planning. I mean, I can go ahead and say, like, this is our second time recording within seven days because, yeah, of course, the storm, you know. So as a part of my week, I had to kind of rearrange things so we can go ahead and get this, you know, get this podcast done. So I do have to, I have a lot of, you know, of scheduling and I always have to plan my things. You know, everything yeah. has to, everything for me has to be planned. And I'm already naturally a planner just because I always have, you know, stuff going on. Um, so that was pretty much my week this week. It was, you know, it was planning. It was making sure that I had the time and space to come up here and do this two times this week, you know, as opposed to doing it just once. Well, we love having you here. I appreciate <laughs> it. How was your week? Oh my gosh. Um, but just really piggybacking on what you just said, like, what if they like just had y'all like virtual robots, like where you just had to like log in with your face there? <laughs> every day and then that way they can walk by your desk and it's like they can look at you and be like yo brenda like blah 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 like that'll work like if you really just because i'm not coming back in i'll be like look you don't need me there for say you just want to ask me you want to feel like i'm there my face can be there that would actually be pretty dope if that were something that they would do that's how the jetsons were (laughs) that's where i thought we would be by now um, but no, my week was actually pretty, uh, good. Um, like you said, with entrepreneurship, there is a lot of planning. Um, and it's like, what I, what, one of the biggest lessons I learned is you don't work for yourself when you're an entrepreneur, you work for the people, That's right. no matter your clients, no matter what you do, you work for the people and yep. you got to earn the people too. So, um, and, um, like I said earlier, I have a, I have a part-time job that I've been getting, good hours that lately just because we've had some schedule rearrangements and um I work about an hour away so it's a lot of like you said scheduling and planning and maneuvering and all of that because when we recorded I had to leave and you know get my butt to work and all of that but I did that and then um we had a couple of things like I said I run a creative space downtown we um we had a couple of content nights and all of that that I had to miss out on but it was really dope and so getting the follow-up from them and trying to figure out like the next planning of those events and then um this weekend I had a couple of photo shoots with this uh dope DJ uh person um DJ slash um I guess she's like a personality out here in Dallas uh her name's DJ Poison Ivy um it was pretty dope she came by and uh, she did you know just a content shoot for um some stuff she had going on. Um, so it was really nice to sit and talk with another, um, you know, entrepreneur real, uh, real quick and having someone as like, uh, influential as her, um, just really gives a lot of, uh, inspiration. Um, she's like the, I believe she's like the second, um, female DJ in the NBA and the first for the Mavs. So she's just really, yeah, I mean, so, and she's a young black woman at that. Um, so it was really dope to kind of just see that. And like I said, I just have to stay inspired. Um, so I did that. And then like I said, juggling that. And then like you said, just getting, getting the podcast in, I was tired this week, this week, (laughs) it feels like we're in one big continuous week from last week. It was like, we had the snowstorm and then slid into this week with like no real break. So it was just really, I felt like I was running all week and I'm not like the most organized person I should be, but I'm not. And so it just kind of felt like every day it was like, I got to do this. Okay. I got to do that. Oh my gosh. I got to, I got to, I felt like I was just running all week and it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I mean, it, it, it was exhausting. So this week, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was tough, but it also taught me the importance of like 
getting my life together, as I always say, because I, I can't do another week like like this. And I'm so grateful in a sense that I ain't have no DJ gigs because, um, yeah, that probably would have took me out. I probably you would probably we we would be recording from um, a 24 hour hole because <laughs> <laughs> it was not working for me because I was just like, I'm so tired and, you know. Yeah, so that's pretty much how like my week went. It was just it was busy, and I felt like I didn't do nothing. Yeah, responsibilities have a real funny way of letting you know that they didn't take a break just because you know a storm hit. And I don't like that. <laughs> like I need a break. Like I need some downtime. I need to sit and meditate and have recess and all of this stuff. But I mean, like I said, I'm I'm getting better just because I realized I got to be better. Um, Cause these kids want to eat. I have a kid. I, I mean, kids as in figuratively, just so y'all know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to be better. And I think that I'm slowly getting these lessons that, um, that show me you got to be better. Like, I mean, like, like you said, recording here, it's not just me. That's right. Like me being unprepared and not having my schedule together. It don't just affect me. And I think that I'm learning that more and more. Like, girl, you got to get it together because other people have stress stuff too. And we, you know, I can't just be like, oh my gosh, I overslept. Um, or I don't have no notes or anything. <laughs> Cause then it's like, you know, you affecting somebody else. And like I said, trying to be better. Um, so I'm committing to myself. And then, I mean, just really learning, like you don't have time. Like if you're not organized and you don't place that, I see why you're a planner. Cause if you don't plan, you just, you don't have time. Like I'm gonna go ahead and tell on myself, so I was supposed to resume New Mix Mondays tomorrow, but I just ain't had no time to sit and find the music and curate and do all that. So y'all ain't even getting a playlist. And I, I wanted to start March off right, but I was like, I'm tired. This week was busy. Y'all ain't got to look at me like that. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's just so much. And um, I was like, it's just too much. And I just, I don't have it in me. Um, because I feel un- overwhelmed, so it wasn't going to come from, it was going to feel rushed if I did it, and it wasn't going to be quality work, so I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do it, um, but it's it's because I wait to the last minute to, like, be like, oh, I'm going I'm to do the music on, on Saturday or on, on a day like that, and then, you know, I don't do it, or I should probably have music down, because I have to do everything, y'all. I have to download music, too, so it's like, um, but yeah, like I said, I was just unprepared. And if I probably learn how to allocate my time, right. Like that whole week we were in that storm storm, I just kind of allowed myself to live in it and didn't do anything. And hindsight is 2020. Had I probably prepped during that week, I would be prepared for this week, no matter how busy this week is. I agree. So That's yeah, it's just more so of like, I'm too old to be learning these lessons, but this time they sticking. So <laughs> <laughs> this time they sticking. So, I mean, like, you know, like, you know, a hard head makes for a soft behind. And I think I'm getting tired of getting my butt whipped. So, you know, you like you said, you're still in that uh, that phase of entrepreneurship where you're um, <laughs> where you're learning. So let's just we're going to chalk it up to that right now. Yeah. So you don't feel too judged in this room at the moment. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because I'm feeling it. But I will say this, <laughs> how I justified not doing it on March on tomorrow is I'm going to. It's going to come the first of spring. Is on tomorrow a Southern thing? On, on, on tomorrow? Yeah, I need to know. I had a coworker. She used to always say, how y'all doing <laughs> on today? And I used to be like, <laughs> on today? Do we have to add the on? Yeah, I don't think that's a Southern thing. Oh, okay. I don't do that. 
Yeah, not at all. I don't do that. So. Thank you, Jean, for coming in and helping me out with that because, yeah. Well, tomorrow. I mean, the reason why I'm not starting tomorrow is because I said I want to do it the first of spring. So uh, I think the first day of spring is what, like March 21st. Or oh, so you're going to go by the calendar date? I'm going to go by like, yeah, the first day of spring. Okay, that's um, fine. I'm going to give you that. That way I can be like a spring um, situation. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't know. I think spring starts March 21st. So Somewhere around there. Yeah. The I mean, first day of spring, y'all. The first Monday. It's Dallas. So spring pretty much hit here already. Well, I mean. After the ice hit, the next day spring started. True. But we're going to go by the official start of spring. So um, let me see what Google says. First day of spring, first day. And she's um, really Googling this. Yeah, right I am. I'm going to Google it um, so I can give y'all right March 20th. So that Monday after the March 20th, I'm going to, um, y'all going to have y'all's mix. So that's, that's March 22nd. Yeah. Oh, so you have two days after. So when are you going to start working on the mix? I would like to know. The I mean, people need to know that you're going to work on it. Just in case there's somebody who's listening who wants to send you a reminder to work on your mix prior to that happening. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot that pops up on your schedule in between that time that will stop you from working on your mix. I'm actually going to download some music probably tonight. And like I said, it's a, sl- it's a slow. I'm a, It's going to be ready. I'm not gonna. It's gonna be ready well before March 22nd. I'm gonna take a quick poll. Uh, Gene, do you think <laughs> that that's gonna happen? No, I don't. Hey, Nick, do you think that it's gonna happen? No, I don't actually either. Clover, what about you? Yeah, what about the K in your name? Yeah, me too. So mm, yeah, yeah, it's not, that don't count. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's gonna be done, y'all. You know, I try to be positive. Like I sit here quietly a lot throughout this podcast and just look. <clears throat> so um, when I speak. I try not to be so rude, but um, or you know, be just negative. But it's kind of hard with you, <laughs> with a K. But uh, you know, I'm getting better at it. Kinda, but like I said, it doesn't matter because it's gonna be out come the twenty second, y'all. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm actually, I actually can't wait till your, you know, till your uh, your mixes come out. I'm excited about that too. So new mix Mondays. Because I actually have never heard you DJ anything. So that's actually going to be pretty, pretty exciting for me. Oh, I got two to three mixes out. I don't remember how many, but I, I've done, I've done new mix Monday. Like I just stopped it. Right, right, right. And I'm going to start working out too. Tomorrow. We're not doing that. <laughs> 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 no, nah, for real. Like, um, I'm not, we're not doing it. I think we should move to the <laughs> next topic, please. <laughs> I beg of you, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Mm-mm. I don't want you feeding these people <laughs> these lies. <laughs> Go and move to the next topic, Chloe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Follow me on IG so y'all can see my working out. <laughs> Forget him. <laughs> Which IG is this for following? That crazy creative. And y'all go follow uh, at username Gene and tell him to stop being so mean to me. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to stop this recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I got a um, couple of questions and concerns with the week. Um, how was, um, oh, how was, uh, did you, anyone catch the D'Angelo versus? I caught bits and pieces, you know, of D'Angelo versus D'Angelo. <laughs> D'Angelo. D'Angelo featuring D'Angelo. <laughs> D'Angelo and Friends show. I mean, it was a vibe. I uh, like you. I caught a couple of bits and pieces, and I seen he brought his friends. And I mean, I don't. 
I don't think he really needed nobody. Well, I'm glad he didn't need anybody because he didn't really have many people. Um, I think the issue with the whole versus was the marketing strategy there. It was pretty non-existent because I didn't know anything about it until you called me and asked me about it, which at that point it was already over. And that's when I watched the bits and pieces. So today is when I found out about the versus. Well, according I was to today years old when I found out about today the years old. Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to go against Maxwell. Um, they didn't say why Maxwell didn't attend. It was supposed to be on Valentine's Day. Um, so that would have been um That would have been nice. I would have watched that. You know, it was um, pretty dope. It was the day before the storm. He should have battled you. Yep. Battled who? You? No, no, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. But at least you could have been a friend. He should have featured you on Valentine's Day. I would have appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, you could have opened. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have mind opening up for him. That would have been dope, actually. Yeah. Hey, have your people call our people. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. I mean, it was definitely a vibe. Um, like I said, uh, her main appearance. Shout and, out. And she's always a vibe. And Red Man and Method Man. Shout out. Let me tell you how one of my Facebook friends said... Red Man wasn't drinking the same water Method Man was drinking all these years. <laughs> Look, y'all going <laughs> Look, y'all, don't don't do Red Man like that. I mean, they weren't drinking the same water back in the day together. They weren't uh, drinking a lot of the same anything back in the day together, but you know, it's <laughs> we're going to leave that alone. But I like them both. So that was, I mean, like I said, it was a good way. That was last night. I mean, definitely a move. I would have really enjoyed it, you know, during sm- uh, snow, um, snowmageddon. But I'll take it when I can get it. And I love the fact that you can get that replay. So that would definitely be my new uh, background check when I'm trying to clean up and, you know, do other things that adults do. Um, so did you hear um, about Lady Gaga's dogs? Yes, actually, I did. And I got something to say about that. I heard too much about Lady Gaga's dogs and not enough about the person who was actually shot walking the dogs. So do we have an update on how that person is doing? Did they live? Did they die? It was. I'm, I heard the dogs are fine. So yeah, they, they finally found the dogs. I guess shout out to the dogs for being OK. But seriously. what type of dogs did she have? I think they were like bulldogs, something like that. Uh, three. Of it was like three okay. dogs. They got one. And then the kidnapper took two. But yeah, and her dog walker is the one that got shot. I mean, imagine having a dog walker when you live at home. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> During the pandemic, like, with a dog walker. Oh my gosh. Like, you know. Remember, she broke her hips a while ago, so maybe that has something to do with it. Girl, go walk your own dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though, like, I'm still upset that I haven't heard the status of the person who got shot. Like, I found something. They said he's expect. I mean, he was, it was, it was critical, but he's expected to make a full recovery. You see what I'm saying? This is the world we live in where Lady Gaga's dogs get kidnapped and that's what we're worried about. This is true. I was too worried about him, but I did read that he was expected to, um, you know, recover. I hope he gets like a really good bonus. And is that Walker's comp? <laughs> I mean, you got shot on the job. You you literally got shot with the dogs, with the job in hand. So, I mean, I would hope that he gets um, some type of... Unless he pays into, like, you know, unless his, the person who owns that company pays into workers' comp, which I could see them possibly paying into that. I don't think she would hire, like, some random dog walkers. I feel like it would be, like, an actual, like, company. So, yeah, he might get work, workers' comp. I would just need Lady Gaga to just go ahead and pay me personally. I, I would appreciate <laughs> that as well. <laughs> 
let me just go ahead because I mean, you know, she can make a song about it. Who knows? I mean, actually, when you think about it, you're right because that's a um, like <clears throat> you're taking a risk walking a famous person's dog. Because that means know? somebody has to be watching her dogs to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. God is just so good. I mean, I'm not laughing that he got shot, but I could certain things I just know I'm not built for. Like, I just couldn't imagine walking. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing? <laughs> like, if I was a dog walker. Like, no. Like, I feel like I would just be so dramatic. Like, you I just. been shot, too. Cause... I, I would have. Because like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you already know me. I'd have, like, just take the leash. <laughs> you want the dog. Like, I don't. I obviously don't get paid enough for this. So just go ahead and take the dog. Yeah, I probably would have said that. To I, was, I don't get paid enough for this here. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's not going to happen. I'm not running. I'm not doing Just take the dogs. Yeah, yep, I would have thought back. And I don't know why I would have been so compelled to do so. <laughs> like I would have been like, oh, my gosh. You can't have these. It's Gaga. But the fact that they know it's Lady Gaga, it's just so much. Well, did the person know that it was Lady Gaga's dogs? Or was they just saw some really pretty dogs and was like, yo, I'm going to run up on them and like take the dogs and run off? You know? I, I don't know. I mean, for them to have stolen her dogs, I would think that they, I would, I think they had to know they were her dogs. Like, I'm sure that person is probably a person who's always walking her dogs because you would, you know, as a celebrity, you probably get somebody you trust to do stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So I would think that it was. But me personally, I would have been on the phone like, uh, Stefani, your dogs just got stolen. And I just got, you know, so go ahead and go handle that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'd like, leave me a ransom note. I'll give her, I'll give her the message. That's the best I can do for you. I mean, I guess that's crazy. Um, speaking back about like uh, business and everything, um, I saw that uh, Rihanna is, you know, losing her high volume. Well, she lost it. Not lost. It's no longer open. She just put it on pause. Yeah. She She put what on pause? Fenty. Oh, why? Um, I don't really, I don't really know. Um. She just said it was time. I mean, her other businesses like Savage and the makeup, um, yeah, Savage and Fenty Beauty is doing um, so well. Um, I think that that was probably her business that wasn't doing as great because it was a luxury brand. So oh, Fenty is I get them confused. The, her fashion label, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was her like um, with like Hennessy. It was like her high, her high. Is that like the lingerie that they was doing those shows with and stuff like no, that? No, that's Savage. Well, the, yeah, the, it's all part of the, it's like all under the same like umbrella. But uh-huh. this uh, the Savage, the the Savage lingerie line is going to start. It's going to keep going. I want to say it's the same company that does. Is it Louis? Yeah, they, it's uh, Fenty LVHM. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's probably got a it's lot her to fashion do. house. It's probably got a lot to do with like just to slow down the economy, you know, and that is probably just not cost efficient to do. People aren't working. So I guess I just couldn't, I I mean, if I was in that place, I probably couldn't see me asking, you know, to charge people the prices when they're not even working right now. You know, I'm sure there are people who will buy them because, you know, Icy Park still charging people arm and a leg for glowing the dark. Oh no, but But I'm assuming it was expensive. No, no. Yeah. That was like a high end fashion line. I mean, it was, it was Louis. Yeah. But wasn't it Louis like designer? Like like, it was the same. Yeah. Same people who designed for Louis. Yeah. I mean, it was like two stacks. Shirts for three shirts for like a thousand dollars. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, I would have cut that out too. And to be quite honest, how well do you know, celebrities and musicians usually do in that field, in that market. I mean, I'm just asking, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just kind of asking, like, can you just say, okay, well, I go from, you know, making music to open up a fashion house just because she can dress doesn't mean you're a fashion designer, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny. 
So that you know, can you go up there and say I'm on the level of Versace and Louis and Gucci as soon as you know when you come out with a like just to come out with a fashion house? Well, I mean, you know, maybe Sean that's the John reason why it's it. closing. Hmm? Sean John, you know, Diddy used to do that. Uh, actually, I think his suits for men used to do really well. Oh yeah, because he used to wear nice suits too. Yeah, you know, but, I think they just severed their they severed their relationship as well recently. But oh. was that was his suits up there with like Louis Vuitton? Oh, I don't know if they was that expensive. I think he may have because I think I remember seeing like shows of him walking like in like it was still ready to wear stuff. But okay, yeah, like this was it like, wasn't whole couture. Yeah, this isn't necessarily whole couture, but it's definitely more on like the. No one's wearing it every day type high end fashion. Oh, okay. Mm. Like real, like. Like walking red carpet type stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they really walking red carpet, so. Yeah, it wasn't really for your, uh, your every. It was statement pieces for real. It wasn't even like when you see a nice piece of, uh, shoes you like or something that happens to be $1,000. Like, I think the cheapest thing on that was like $5.95. Oh. And that's oh like my. an earring. Or maybe, you know, she finna get ready to come out with that, uh, that album, maybe. I don't know. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, she keep teasing us. She ain't coming with that. But um, She ain't teasing us, friends. She didn't said no. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's, she's clearly not putting that album out yeah. anytime soon. She I just, just personally no. think that the, you know, the clothing line, you know, I just think that, because I've never heard anybody jump up and say they were wearing anything, you know, such and such by Rihanna on a red carpet. Not trying to, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of just is what it is. You know, you hear your Versace's, you hear, you know, you hear all these other brands and stuff like that. You just don't get, you know, and I see what she was trying to do with it. I know what she was trying, you know, I, I get it. But in the industry she's in and in the market that she was trying to sell to, it was That's just a little thing. bit rough, especially when a lot of people have like endorsements and stuff like that to where they you know to where these they designers call them and say hey i'm you know such and such the designer called me you know what i'm saying like and i want you to wear this like you know mcqueen and stuff like that like i've seen people i've seen Alexander mcqueen like walking with people on the red carpet holding their dresses up yeah like, rihanna's not doing that you know so i guess you know maybe that has something to do with it i mean i get it it is and what I, it is you know but also energies like if you kind of find what works for you like right right, right. you know like i said people love um Fenty people, I mean, Fenty Savage, um, I think that crossed over a billion dollars. Um, I think, uh, her makeup continuously makes like buku money. So I think she just, you know, sometimes you find a lane and it works for you and it's less energy because a high, um, a high label. I just feel like a Rihanna so much for the people, even as a person. Exactly. I can't even see her. She doesn't act like an elite like that for her. Yeah. That's that even yeah. if she is one, I just can't see her being like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to sell this. Um, but we do have our, you know, our black designers like that, like our prior mosses and um, all of that who have their high end, um, their fashion houses. So we can. And to answer your question earlier, do I think that, um, you know, artists can cross over? I think, yeah, because um, I really do feel like if Kanye really wanted to, I think he could. Um, <laughs> right. But I also because I mean, them dang sneakers he sell is ridiculous. Um I just think that the thing is you are, you have a built-in Louis Vuitton has a audience. Like they have Correct. a built-in audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the people who are going to buy the stuff, like the people who are probably going to buy Rihanna stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure she has fans who make all types of money. Her core audience are the people who can afford what she has. Correct. Um, unless they are super into fashion. So I think right. that um, they can, I think it's just more of like a, who they would have to be a celebrity to like other famous people. Like I think if Elton John came out with like a high end luxury brand, you know, it that, would probably do well because 
of the type of people. I mean, he's Elton John. Right. I mean, no, I, yeah, I agree. You know, because I, as well as, you know, as well as Diddy did and stuff like that, you know, and as big of a name as he was, he didn't even cross over into that high fashion. And he had such a huge name back in the day, as many artists as he brought up, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that was just kind of where my, you know, where my question was. Because don't get me wrong, like, you know, Rihanna does her thing. I, I, I use Fenty Skin, um, you Shout know, out. and... Send us some. You said, I know, right? <laughs> no, I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's actually pretty good because one, it's super easy to use. I'm not one of those people, you know, I went from just being a person who kind of just washed my face in the shower with my towel and some soap and then just got out. You know, I wasn't like a big moisturizing person, but it's so easy to use because it's like soap, fat water, moisturizer out the door. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to stay in the mirror all day doing it. So it makes it very easy. And, you know, my skin feels good. Um, so I'm, I'm happy she does that. You know, it just... Her being in that high fashion lane, you know, that's something different. You know, that's a completely different, you know, lane to jump in. Bet, bet. I also, um, I was able to catch a little bit um, of the follow-up from um, Cardi B's uh, interview with Mariah Carey in Interview Magazine. With Interview Magazine, where she, um, and it was really sweet. She said that uh, she's always very nervous when she meets celebrities, like other celebrities that she admires, because she's Mm -hmm. afraid of sounding like stupid um and you know just unintelligent who said this cardi b oh okay yeah um so she said that when she met mariah carey and i think she also she she tweet she tweeted that she said bitch when they were talking and she was like (laughs) i was just so comfortable (laughs) she was like you know how cardi is she was like i was just so comfortable when i was just talking and mariah tweeted back she was like i love you it was great i had such a good time but i mean like I, i feel that though like i meet a lot of people and you know, just locally. And I'm always like, okay, I don't want to sound stupid or I don't want to sound fraud when I talk. So it's like, I'm always like very nervous, no matter how dope people may think I am. I'm very like, ugh, when I talk to other people. So I feel Cardi and, um, you know, Cardi B, she just has a way about her in which she talks, which is very, um, familiar. You know, Cardi, one thing I'll say about her, she's always remained pretty humble, um, in everything she's done. Even, you know, even her last album, I mean, that last album was dope. I mean, I will say I, I I actually listened to it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. As far as the Mariah thing, I can, you know, I'm actually glad she said it because basically from what you hear of Mariah Carey, you know, from everything, she's kind of a diva. So she doesn't give you the 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 personality of somebody you can say bitch to, you know, as if you haven't read come like she don't give you homegirl when you listen to her, you know, when you hear stories about her. So the fact that Cardi was even comfortable saying that to her, I think that she, if her making Cardi feel that comfortable was actually pretty dope. She married Nick Cannon. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mariah's always been a little hood to me just a little bit, even though like back in the day, like, you know, they was just, they were trying to make her like be, you know, with the curls and seem like your girl next door. Mariah has to me has always <clears throat> come across just kind of like, like a the reg- rich hood girl. Yeah, like a kind of like a rich hood girl. She got money like Nunu from uh from Atlanta from ATL. Nah, she made it out though. Nunu was still in ATL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made it out. But you know, like no, I, mean, I know what you mean. Remember, though, she yeah. was in the um. She, she likes the wine. She liked you know make it swerve and make it do what it do. And she was in that uh Busta Rhymes video that baby if you give it to me. She was she was <laughs> yeah. swerving in there in her booty shorts and uh <laughs> she was stiff and yeah, visor cap. You know. yeah, right, right, right. So I I, I I believe that Mariah is a little is very down to earth. <laughs> no, I actually do agree with that. I, I do. I was just thinking, like, you know, what you don't hear about that from Riot because everybody always talking about how much of a diva she is. You know, like they, just, yeah. you would think that she was just like this person who just looks down on people, but you know, I mean, she stooped to a level arguing with Nicki Minaj on national TV. So I guess she, 
<laughs> and you know they didn't talk about that, right? They both got beef with Nikki, and they didn't even bring that up in the interview. Oh, I'm oh, sure they did. Funny, so classy, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about, like the Nikki and Mariah thing. I still am unclear on what was going on with that. I don't know I, about y'all. No, no, I'm I, I'm confused about it years later. It was but they have a whole song together. Like they, you know, like in 2010, right. they that up out my face boy was out. And then it was like all of a sudden they got on TV and all of a sudden they didn't like each other. And I was like, what Something happened? Something went down in the studio. And it was weird because the song they got together was Mariah throwing shots at Eminem and Nicki and Eminem were tight. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nicki Minaj. They got a few yeah. songs. They got a few he was on her first album. Yeah, because she said something about like I think she sends her music to him. Like she's one. He's one of the people that he'll that she'll like listen to her stuff before it even comes out because she actually looks up to him as a rapper with his style and technique and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. one of her best songs is "I Am Not Jasmine." I am a Latin. <laughs> I mean, first first album, Nicki. I mean, she go hard. So yeah. first album, Nicki. Oh, wasn't that Pink Print? A Pink no, Friday. No, it was um. Yeah, it was Pink Friday. Pink Friday. Okay. So yeah. I guess got a unpopular opinion here, I guess, today. Uh I can't stand first album Nikki. I like mixtape Nikki and then Pink Print Nikki and up for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The albums, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the first two albums, but I definitely like, you know, Pink Print and Queen was cool, but Pink Print was dope. Okay. Her mixtapes were her mixtapes were insane to me. Like yeah. her, her mixtapes go hard. A lot of people yeah, love mixtape yeah. Nikki. I was yeah. uh because her features always sound more like mixtape Nikki. Yeah. Like yeah. Plain Jane, she went crazy on Plain Jane. I mean, I guess when you feature in, it's like they call they calling for the real you. You ain't gotta be like, I guess, grammar. Or you don't have to be politically correct in your album. You ain't really about you're not worried about sales or how it's received. You could just You know one thing I love about Nicki Minaj is that she's very she still sounds very educated in all of her raps. I and mean, you Nicki Minaj could spit something and you gotta go look up what's happening after she's spit. I mean, wasn't the first you... thing she said coming off the top asbestos? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, she had the whole world stunned with that. Like <laughs> everybody was like, ooh. <laughs> no, I mean, because you know, she's educated in her raps and she makes it known that she's educated in her raps, you know, and you know, because one of the things that she said. Um, when you know in the beef with Cardi and I thought it was hilarious when she came out that one song and she was like all these low IQ hosts by me and I was just like you know like she went hard on that one but I mean she her you know just her her grammar her everything just her flow like and she could put all of that into one you know what I'm saying like uh, you know she's Nikki is crazy to me like she's she's dope rap is a a real art art form and you can tell the one too yeah no disrespect to anyone else because I love Cardi. I love her as a personality. Same here. But I think that some people do it because they can and they want what it comes with, like the fame. The lifestyle. And all that. They don't necessarily do it for the artistry. Right. Um, and I think that, that Nikki is definitely an artist in in her delivery from the personality. Um, you know, she's also a performing arts high school girl. Shout out, you know. Right. And um, she, she showcases that. Like Emmy, you know, with her her voices, her personality, you know, all of that. And I think like, that's the cool thing is because it brings you in to her. It's like, it's, it's storytelling. It's, it really can make you connected. And like I said, that's, that's something that art, art does. And I think that she approaches it like that opposed to just rapping. You know, I think that's one of her biggest, you know, qualms with a lot of the people that she gets in like these beefs with is because one thing is this, one thing is Nikki can rap with the best of any rapper, not just female rappers. We're going to say that now. That, but that's just a part of it, you know. I think that a big part of her issue with a lot of people, and, and she gets a lot of flack for this, is that people don't respect art, 
as much as she does. And I think that's one thing about her. She really respects the art and, you know, what it entails to be an actual artist. You know, that's why she's so big on rappers writing their own music. You know what I'm saying? Because that that's one thing that makes rappers true rappers that they can write. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she said if if Nikki said it, Nikki wrote it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she did. I still don't understand, like you know, why she had to come at Iggy like that. You know? <laughs> but it was funny, you know. what I'm saying she Iggy was just trying to eat, you know. But yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. She was like, she was like, you know, she wasn't just gonna be a gimmick. Although she had, even though she, although she was a gimmick in her own way at a time, it was just that she respects art for what it is, and I think that was a huge, huge part of a lot of the a lot of the rants that she's going on. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to use rant lightly because a lot of it wasn't so much rant as much as it is her speaking her truth. So, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's, it's definitely, um, like I said, when you approach it from an art form, it's kind of like the difference between, like I said, uh, being an entertainer. And I think a lot of people, they want to be entertainers um, and they take that approach to wanting to actually provide the world with substance and like I said nothing wrong because we all need entertainment but um art is substance and every everything that's meant for entertainment not necessarily is substance and that's the thing about it I mean not trying to be funny they have midget rest midget wrestling it's not really (laughs) substance but it's definitely entertainment and I mean it pays the bills and people do it and it's like but there are also people who like I said who do things um to 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 make an impact, to show the world uh, what they're doing, and um, I'm Booker T. One of the things um, I was told was the job of the, the job of the artist is to show the world what they're doing, and I feel like through Nikki's rhymes and all of that, she can kind of do that, and you know that's not everybody's goal, and I can understand her frustration um, with people taking the same name as her, calling themselves a rapper and an artist when they not really either. They just. Uh, can you name a few names here? I mean, I would just like to know, in your opinion, who do you have on that list? You said what? Who do you have on that list? Do you have a couple of names that you would like to throw out? <laughs> as far as who's a who's a rapper? or who's Yeah, so like what you just said, the point you just made. Do you have any names or would you like to keep those to yourself? I'm, I'm fine with either way. I would just want to know. I mean, I'll name real artists. I think, uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know, Three Sacks is always going to be on my list. Um I think I think Eminem is definitely an artist. Oh, that's facts. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. just no question in that. Yeah. You can tell who the real artists are because a lot of yeah, people have respect. Yeah, we ain't even going to talk about it. <laughs> you can always tell who real artists are because a lot of them have respect for the game. They have respect for other real artists, you facts. know. So a real artist, you know, especially when it comes to respect, is somebody who is not afraid to shout out another artist. Because if you can sit up there and give somebody love because you're that secure in your own artistry, that's how you know you're a real artist because no matter what that person does, it's not going to stop anything you got going on. I actually heard, um, I'm sorry, I actually heard um, a, I guess um, Fat Joe may have a a podcast or he does like a little show or something like that. He called LL, you know what mm. I'm saying? And if you ever heard LL rap, LL can spit. Like that man is an MC, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a difference between a rapper and an MC and LL raps, you know, he spits and he was, you know, he can shout out everybody he loves because he is that secure. And that man hasn't come out with music in so long, but you know, he, he don't got to be commercially successful for him to still know his talent for people to know his, you know, for people to know what I mean, LL can get. Another LL. I mean, not trying to be funny. I don't think another, there is, there is not uh, another LL at right. all. You know and what I'm saying? That, that, I mean, that speaks volumes to say that there is like not an, and I don't think people even expect another one to be able to come in and do kind of what LL did. No, you, I mean, you, you really, do we have another, I need love? 
<laughs> yeah, to be LL, you got to be able to um, to to even meet that quota. You have to, you know, be attractive in a way to women where they they want to like be with you, not because you're like, oh, a boss type dude, but because they actually feel like, oh my gosh, like women actually, it was ladies love Cool James, like they did. So that's the first thing. We don't, I don't know, a rapper like that out where the women are really just infatuated with the way he looks, first off. And, you know, without being corny, and then he can without rap. Without being corny. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because I mean, because even outside of his stuff that for the ladies, like his actual, his actual music was dope. Like he'll, he'll, you know, LL drop tracks. And, you know, if you don't, you know, he, he goes crazy on them, you know. And we only, we have a few artists that came out, like a few male artists that came out and can cross over who can actually live the life between like MC and rapper. You know, you have your Jay-Z's and, you know, quiet as a kept. You know, a lot of people don't realize 50 Cent can actually write. He can actually rap. You know what I mean? Like, and, and he really can. Um, 50 Cent is the, is the hook king of rap songs. Like, his hooks. Like, he'll write a hook and he could lead a whole song alone. No, that's and facts. Basically, they can say whatever else they want to in the verses as long as that, that hook is right. Yeah. So. Go, sh- go Shorty, it's your birthday. I mean, yeah. That hook, that hook gonna be right. So, I mean, y- y'all I mean, can say whatever else y'all want to, but, you know. I mean, that's up there with the original Happy Birthday song. Like, that's an option. When your exactly. <laughs> like, I that's mean. That's when you live in, that's when, that's, that's the, like them 21 through 25 birthday years. You can go ahead and do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean. 21 through like, 30. And as petty as 50 is, he got to have a pen because his comebacks. Oh, no. 50 got pen. His pen game is strong. Man, speaking of pen, man. So uh, March 5th, I believe, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are dropping an album. And who is excited is me. This is going to be interesting. I, 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 I'm I more interested. I, I don't want to say I'm not excited. I'm just interested like. What could they possibly do together? I would like to know that because the world seems so different. Like, what is this going to sound like? I love I'm just joint intrigued. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I think like Bruno Mars, while yes, you know, he had 24 Karat Magic, which was uh, a lot more R&B than his other stuff. Anderson right. Pack is straight up and down R&B hip hop. Yeah. So real, thing is, R&B real R&B hip hop. So it's kind of like Cali and everything. What is this going to sound like? Like, is Bruno Mars, are they going to, is Bruno Mars going to lean more into Anderson Pack, or is Anderson Pack going to be able to lean more into Bruno, or are they going to blend together? I think I liken this album to when Future and Drake first did their joint album. Right. We were wondering who's going to lean into who, and a lot of people said, opinion wise, that Drake was able to lean into what um, Future did, and because it was Drake on it, it that's why it, it stayed mainstream because Future was always, you know, while he was mainstream. You know, he was more of a feature artist. He was more. He did a lot of features, and people right. liked his stuff. But Drake getting on those stuff with him may open him up to a way broader audience than he already had. He That's already true. had a big following, right? But Drake getting on it, doing that same thing with him, and being able to fit in that world kind of made you know help Future out and Drake as well. Get you know giving him you know, more credit that he could blend genres and do well, do things a little differently. So that's kind of where I'm wondering what possibly could this album sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, it's going to be super high energy. That's for, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, because Bruno, Bruno go crazy by himself. Um, he and performs Anderson very well. Okay. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I'm, so I'm actually excited. pretty excited about it. Oh man, next week, man, we can't wait. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna apologize now if that's kind of like what dominates the conversation because it comes out on Friday. We typically record on Sunday, so I'm just letting y'all <laughs> know. Like, I, I ain't even gonna talk to Nick 
our I mean, our gene probably until until the podcast so it can be fresh convo because I am <laughs> really excited. But I will probably be up at midnight on Thursday, just like all right, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I we can do that. I mean, and it, as quiet as it kept, who even knew it was coming? You know, it's really cool about one thing about Bruno Mars that I really like is he can work with anybody. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I've learned. Um, but Anderson is the one that people are. There's the one that's going to be the, you know, it's going to be the quietest is kept. Like, he's the wild card here. And the reason being is because he doesn't have as big of a following. And he, you know, his style is pretty, you know, it's pretty, like, it's pretty set. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. He does his thing. You know, he does his thing his way. He doesn't have three albums that all sound different. You know what I'm saying? So, Bruno is the crossover artist. And so, we're going to get a chance to see. I mean, this is where that artistry comes in right here. You know, this is what you're just talking about. It. This is where artistry comes in. And, um... You know, we're really going to get a chance to see like how this is going to work out, you know, because when we were just talking about mixed albums, you know, joint albums. Of course, my favorite one is Watch the Throne. Oh, um, Jay-Z. Yeah, but it wasn't so much of somebody happened to get into each other's style because with rappers, it's OK, you do your verse, I do my verse and we just do our thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially with, you know, with them Jay-Z two. and Kanye. Break, right. Yeah, like Jay, like Kanye West. That, it's like Kanye was all over the black album. So. Yeah, the black <laughs> right, right. album. I Kanye mean, got so 21 Grammys of his own that people don't know about, you know yeah. what I'm saying? From Jay-Z's work for the most part. So for them, it wasn't even as much of a, a, a joining of different worlds. With right. Them. That's, you know, it, it wasn't as much of a difference. More of a joining them. of different mental states. Yeah, right? different mental states. So I f- that's kind of where I'm just kind of like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I mean, what is I'm, this going to sound like? Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, hopefully it gives us, I mean, it's not really a joint album, more so than two independent projects sold as a joint album. Uh, the really? Speaker Box and The Love Below. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you talking about The Speaker Box Love Below? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, they got the record industry with that when they did that. They said, you know what? I'm going to make me an album. All right, I'm going to make me an album, too. You know what? Let's just put them together put and call them, them outcasts. Yeah, I was reading they might as well just call that. A side, B side on that. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, <laughs> I was reading about that, and they said instead of competing, they said that the reason why they did it was so that each album got the same promotion, the same love. There was no advantage over the other, so that way when it came to uh, awards and all of that, they weren't competing. It sounds more like they were just a group, and people were tra- they were trying to figure out whose fan base went with who, and so they said, let's just go ahead and join these fan bases together. Because I mean, the one thing about it is when you're an Outcast fan, a lot of Outcast fans pick which rapper they like the most. You know what I'm saying? Three thousand over here, and <laughs> you know, um, it's hard for me because. One of my favorite songs is uh, B.O.B. Bombs Over Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And How did I know you were finna say because that? Because you can't not <laughs> like that song. I mean, that. Bombs Over Baghdad is crazy. That 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 song went insane. Um, and it's hard to pick out whose verses were better on that song. I mean, I mean, how true. do you pick? I mean, because Andre came out and I mean, he went absolutely stupid on that when he opened that song up. But then, but then you know, Big Boy came out and it was just like, you know, he just shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was. Um, it was, you know, it was it was insane for me right there. I mean, another joint album that I like though, which actually caught me by surprise. I didn't even know I would like it. Is when Chris Brown and Tiger did one. Mm, I remember that. Do you remember that joint album? I mean, it was actually kind of fun. It was actually kind of dope to listen to. I mean, because one thing, Chris Brown is a Chris Brown can write. He writes songs a lot for anybody for people anyway. So he already does the crossover thing very well. Like he can write rap, he raps, and then he writes you know songs too. So he started off as a rapper. Did you know that? I actually did. Yeah. He started off as a rapper, and I guess the manager, I think if her name was Lisa Davis, I think. Don't 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 quote me on that. Yeah, but she fine. was like, uh, he came in and she said, I guess the way he looked, she was like, nah, you, you gonna sing. <laughs> <laughs> when well, he was still too light skinned back in the day yeah. for that, right? <laughs> what was it, two thousand five? 
oh four yeah yeah oh yeah. five yeah it's yeah. like uh well yeah when he got signed probably was like late oh four early oh five because right. the album came out late oh five yeah yeah that's what's up i mean but you know chris brown one of them artists that you know he does it all like he's gonna be one of those you know one of those artists that when you actually got to sit back and when you actually sit back and look at all of his work that he's done I mean, even even his stuff with Seven Streeter that people a lot of people mm. don't know about it. Seven Streeter, I love Seven Streeter, you know, and like he wrote a lot of that music. We didn't give Seven Streeter what she needed. We 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 didn't. She, she would have been perfect for like right now right when like now. your Janae's are out, your hers are out, you know, like she'd have been perfect for now. You know, she was the perfect person to be out now, even with um. Tiana Taylor, like she goes with this crowd mm-hmm. of people. Same thing with like artists like Dondria, you know, like they would have been perfect for like right now. Yeah. Y'all didn't mention, we talking about crossover albums and y'all didn't mention um, the face off. Y'all didn't like it? We didn't say that. <laughs> Not what was said at all. <laughs> but no, nah, one of my favorite crossover albums and it's just because I'm probably me. Uh, I liked Janae Aiko and Big Sean. Well, they were a group. I don't get that. Oh, uh, 2088? Yeah, I was like, is that technically a crossover? I mean, it's, it's technically a joint album. Yeah, it is. I mean, just like the yeah. Carters, it's technically a joint album. I mean, but... Were they considered They considered there's a group, time? yeah, because they yeah. changed their name to 2088 and then the yeah. Carters. So, I mean, yeah, but it was yeah. still dope, The though. Throne, too. Like, they, Jay-Z and Kanye, they were the Throne. And just like Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, they are called City Slick Soap. What is it? Oh, I did see They the actually name. have a name. Oh, that they're going the by. Is it a group name? No, yeah. I think it's a group name. They said, because like. I think Bruno Mars was like, yeah, we such and such coming. I was like, oh, they got a name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they just named it uh, Silk Sonic. Yeah, I thought that was their name. I don't think that's... It, it, I thought that was the name oh, of them. The way uh, Anderson Pack posted, he said, oh, well, they'll say an evening with, with Silk Sonic. Yeah, yeah that's their name, friend. I, 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 I figured that. I was like, yeah, that's a... They are they are duo. I guess we'll, we'll we'll see. I'm excited to hear it either either um either way. Like I said, I'm I'm really really excited about it. I'm a major Anderson Pack fan. I love Bruno, so I mean it's gonna be a good day for me. Um, so um real quick, did y'all um so I guess Vanessa Bryant is like feeling better. I mean, well as good as she can feel. And apparently she um and I feel like she was right for this. She filed a lawsuit with the L.A. Police Department. Uh, so that way they will release the names of the officers that leaked the photos of um, her um, her late husband and daughter. Um, I guess they were trying to get it get the name sealed, so that way it was never a public record. Oh my God! I did not know that the they like leaked the photos of them like in the aircraft. That's like, how TMZ did? got it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I remember this because I was I was infuriated by it. I TM- wouldn't want to see that. Yeah, TMZ leaked a lot of it before the families were even informed no, of what yeah. happened. And so now they're... The officers seen it first, sewing. and I guess they leaked the photos, start sending it to people. And then, of course, TMZ got it. And honestly, my fault, realistically, just because it, TMZ sucks, but they don't know. They didn't know. that They probably didn't know. Like the They weren't thinking, oh, these people probably don't know um, about their families not knowing... I'm mad at them officers. Like, why would you, why would, this is your job. Why are you sending these photos out? Yeah. Thank you. Because then nobody want to release names of people who was, you know, arrested at the Capitol. So, I mean, um, my thing is this, you don't jump up there and, 
and put anything like that out there because I'm sure by the time they got to the scene, they realized who was in that aircraft. They realized who was in that helicopter. I think they knew who was in that helicopter. Yeah, because I think it's a private one. Yes. So since it's private, they they probably set up with intercom. Who knows what it was called? It probably was called the Kobe Bryant or something. They knew like his his airplane has went down from jump. So that's uh they went there to take pictures and then put them out as just very rude. I did not know that. Yeah, it was at least they say eight officer, uh, at least eight uh, deputies that took photos on their personal phones. Um, Person, oh wow. my goodness, that's awful. And so, um, yeah, they were trying to get those names like sealed to where it was never known to the public. But no, we need to know because I mean that is an invasion of privacy. That that is that's dishonorable. Like protect and serve, but you over here taking pictures. Like, I mean, imagine hearing about your husband's helicopter going down via tmz and a breaking news story i mean imagine that you know what i'm saying like that's crazy to me and i and i'm glad she is you know pressing charges against them because that is an invasion of privacy that is and not only, i'm sorry let me let me let me respect everyone not only that you know her child also died so she lost a child and then there were other families who were most definitely not notified of that happening so let me not forget to mention them and that is just 100 percent you know, it's unacceptable, it's inexcusable, and they they all need to be tried and punished. Not not even just the the not even just the the um, the officers, but the entire department. Because obviously, there was no there was no one scared enough to lose their job for doing that. So everybody needs to be uh, punished for that yeah, equally. Definitely. I mean, just imagine knowing that those pictures exist. Like the um, that's knowing those pictures exist and. The fact that you just, you found out that someone sent this to somebody, like, could you imagine getting those horrible pictures and you're trying to grasp this and knowing that somebody as a fan sent this to like their cousin or their friend or whatever. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling like I don't, the fact that they want to seal them name, those names were, um, was, ama- was astonishing to me. Like you should want to release them. And those officers, like you said, need to fill the ramifications. Fired. Yeah. They need to be like that. That's they only took for. those photographs because of who it was. Exactly. They they would not have done that had it been. I don't not not a normal, not a normal person. But for the lack of, yeah, right. had it been nor, you know, for lack of better words, someone who wasn't famous, someone who wasn't exactly. such as well world renowned as as uh, as Kobe, they wouldn't have done that. And so I guess they. They could. They just thought, oh no, you know, people won't mind seeing this. But I just, I, I can't believe that. That is very sad that they did that and, and and took those photographs and probably sent it to people like, hey, look at this. In my mind, I just couldn't see myself thinking, let me take photographs of these people's body that are dead to send to to have in my phone. Right. That's Thank just you. insane. I, I don't want that in my phone. I don't care who it is. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean that. I wouldn't have took photos of Jesus' body hanging on the cross. I don't like dead. I don't want to like, see what it. What you doing with that? Yeah, right. what am I doing with that in my? I don't want. I don't want a photograph of that. Thank you. So I, mean, I, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, as morbid as it is, I I can really say that because a friend of mine, many many moons ago, um, many moons, sent me a picture of um of her baby, like she had a stillborn, and she sent me a text message picture of it, and it was like the weirdest thing like it was because it's like what do you say like it was like imagine you like sitting at home and it's like oh my gosh girl like she knew she was gonna have it 
And I was like, okay. And she seemed, you know, as heartbroken as you can be, but also not distraught by it. Yeah. And um, she wasn't surprised. And I think that that helps. And, you know, she sent me a, pi- a text message picture and I would have been like, I would have, I would have just came and saw you. Yeah. I remember years ago, my mother, when my uh, uncle passed up, uh, it's a personal story. Years ago, when my uncle passed, uh, I don't, I was at school. I was in college. I was getting ready to graduate, but my mom sent me the pictures of him being dressed. Like he was dressed. They were preparing him for his casket and I'm in class and I get this photograph. I, you know, he had passed or whatever. And I get this photograph, a text message of just my uncle in the casket. I was like, oh my gosh, why would you send me that? Like I, I left class and I called her and I was like, why did you take this picture? And two, why did you send it to me? I don't want it. Like, I don't want a picture in a casket. Like, I already got to go to the funeral tomorrow. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit rough. Like, I don't think I'd be able to do it. And, you know, my, I had a, my mom's sister passed away last year due to pancreatic cancer. And when I remember, uh, you know, being on FaceTime with my cousins and, you know, and us praying over her, you know, us praying, you know, with them. And there was just no way I would be able to look at a picture and see her dead again. You know, that just would not be okay with me to do so. Because she was still in the house. Like, she had just died. Like, I want to say it had to have been less than an hour before. Because, you know, they'll, like, if you die, especially in a, in like, in a Christian hospital or something like that, they'll bring somebody up to pray and stuff like, you know, and everything. And it was just, I was just like, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't be able to look at that again. Like, I, I, I have enough pictures of her, like, from my graduation before she died, you know, before she was diagnosed. To where that's what I will remember her by. I refuse to sit up there and remember my aunt by, you know, the last, you know, by her being dead in the bed. That's not happening. Yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, I mean, people are just morbid, but I mean, they say that there's like a morbid, um, people have like, some people have like a morbid obsession in their head where it's like, it does. Cause I, I I will never know to this day why she was like, I'm going to snap this picture and I'm going to send it to my friends. Like. I don't get it, but I mean, I definitely don't have a morbid obsession. That's not. Neither. Nope, I mean, I, I watch Snapped, so I can't even see my blood getting drawn without wanting to faint. So I oh. definitely don't have a morbid obsession. It's not happening. Do you watch like serial killer serial killer shows like Snapped? Yeah, no. So I watch serial killer shows like you know Criminal Minds um, <laughs> and detective shows and stuff like that. Well, see, that's scripted. You don't watch like the the documentary ones. It's not happening. So there's a show on. Um, on HBO Max now called The Outsider. And I love, you know, like mysteries and murder mysteries. I even like mystery books. So when I first started watching the show, I thought this was going to be like some regular murder mystery. The show's crazy. You got to, you know, it's it's insane. But the first thing they showed on the show was, and because it's HBO Max, they're not very censored in a lot of stuff. It was like this dead child's mutilated body. And I was like, that's a kid. I like, oh yeah, wait, no, I gotta, I gotta regroup after seeing <laughs> that because I just wasn't, I wasn't, I was not okay. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I was I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'm okay with stuff like that. It's, I guess, personally, like to have it in my phone, like or have a like, you know, saved picture. Like I, I don't. Did you delete the picture just, after you got it? Yeah, I did. I don't know where that picture is. Like it's many moons ago. That's long gone. I, I don't blame you. Oh, but yeah, I don't blame you either. I don't know. There's this one murder mystery, but it's like real life about, um, it's called I Did It For My Man, and it cracks me up every time. I've heard of that show, actually. <laughs> the name cracks me up, so it's like every time I watch it, it's all, it's all about these girls who kill people and do commit crimes for their man. It's like on TV One. Oh, no. And they are people, too. Like, it's so funny. 
I did it for mommy. I just want to. I wish I was in the creative room when they was like, "Y'all, we should make a show." We gonna call it. What's your title? I did it for my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's funny. No, I mean it's sad because a lot of the, a lot of the time it's like a good girl and she gets caught up with like some dude and they really be crazy. Um, but the exploitation is real. I exploitation. Will, I will is say real. that. Like 90 Day Fiance, that's one of the biggest exploitation shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, definitely. It 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 definitely is. I mean, they just was like, hey, you want to get married? Okay, we're going to show it. And But some of the people be so mean. Like, them overseas people be so mean to their little American people. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. No. Have you seen Love After Lockup? Now, that's one of the ones that cracked me. My mom <laughs> loves that show. I have never heard of this. Oh, my gosh. It's about these people who be dating people in jail. I almost sent somebody a letter because I be lonely. They have entire Girl. meeting websites for people who are in jail, like dating sites for people who are in jail to date with people who are not in jail because apparently they get so many computer, you know, like minutes and time to actually they have whole phones and TikToks. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I've seen, I mean, a whole Instagram page of this dude um, in prison, um, him and his homies, they'd be up in there dancing, doing all the TikTok uh, things and everything. It's he just so weird when he get out. Well, it's so weird. And uh, he got a lot of girls, you know, a lot of women, they're into him and they are watching his page and he got thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands of people, you know, watching his stuff. So it's just crazy. Yeah, we uh waiting on they uh waiting on their release date, trying to put some money on that commissary on them books. But uh yeah, so that's all I'm saying. Um so I mean there's no smooth transition, everybody, so we're just gonna go move on to uh What's happening in today's uh, world of politics? Uh, did you hear about the Biden bombs? I mean, he bombed Syria. Um, you know, Syria was bombed earlier this week. Yeah, um, definitely heard about that. I mean, you know, if you if you can't just go around, you know, like bombing us first, though, and then not get bombed back, you know what I'm saying? Like, from what happened, from what I remember, from what I recall, we were bombed first, some of our... Uh, our militants were out, you know, were bombed and were bombed elsewhere overseas. Not that we were bombed in our homeland. And then they had to, you know, get the repercussions for messing with us. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely heard about that. And it was very, you know, warranted from what I hear. I'm not going to, you know, I don't know. I can't say I know a whole bunch about it or too much, or too many details about it. But from what I hear, yeah, he was a. Uh, we were bombed first. Some of our supplies or whatever were bombed first and were attacked first. And so we had to retaliate. Yeah, um, it definitely was retaliation. It looks like last week a contractor was killed and others were injured um, after fires were fi- uh, after shots were fired at a um, in Iraq at a uh, air base used by the uh, used by our military. And so that was kind of it had to be done. Um, it was justified. Uh, Biden feels like it was justified um, just to kind of like you know, protect and defend our, our people over there and to kind of, you know, persuade them not to do that again, kind of letting them know that we'll do this. Well, we have to kind of defend ourselves. Um, so, you know, just in case you don't know, because the thing about it is we just want to make sure that we keep y'all informed and, you know, like know, know at least what's going on. So, you know, that's just something that happened this week. Um, crazy enough. I didn't hear too much news about it. No, I actually think it was like maybe two weeks ago or, the week after the week before it wasn't this past. I don't think it was this past week. It's, this was something that happened before 
or right at the end it of was last Thursday. week. Oh, it was this past Thursday? I don't know why yeah. I feel like this was older than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you can't just go around committing acts of war, you know, on us. But this isn't how, this is a lot of times, this is how the U.S. gets itself into war, not gets itself into wars, but gets involved in wars because things like that, we do have a lot of, um, you know, we do have a lot of interests and things like that overseas. And we have soldiers overseas, you know, I pray for them all the time uh, that are still over, that, you know, that are still out there. We have, you know, we have territories, we have things of that nature, bases, you know, so for us to have those things overseas and if they get attacked, a lot of times we don't hear about when we get attacked or, you know, the fights that our soldiers and stuff are in. And it's kind of like we take this Vietnam approach where you don't know exactly how bad it is over there. Um, so if we're going to be over there and that, that type of stuff is going to happen, you know, that's a, that, that is considered an act of war. And so it has to be addressed. Yeah. Um, so we just want to make sure we keep our, um, you know, our thoughts and all that with our military because something is always going on and it's important. Um, and all of that. So, you know, just be aware and, you know, like I said, keep your ears to the news just to kind of know what's going on and all of that, because, you know, not trying to be funny. Uh, dropping bombs ain't cheap, so know where your tax dollars is going. Speaking of dollars, are we going to talk about a stimulus? I mean, <laughs> looks like something is going on. We know we trying to just hear from the Senate at this point, but it looks like it's a uh, gone pass. It looks like we're getting a nine point a one point nine trillion dollar uh, stimulus package. So, okay, so what's going on with that? I mean, I don't really know too much. Um, but I do know that um, they're trying to make sure that when you file your taxes this year that you get, um, I'm not too sure about single people. Um, I tried to do my best research for y'all, but it didn't seem like y'all were getting as, as much as everybody else. So, um, yeah, if you're single, um, it is what it is for you all. But it looks like instead of getting a normal amount, which is whatever, I don't know what y'all normally get when you have child care tax, it looks like if you have a kid under six, you're getting $3,600 per child. And you get three stacks uh, for each child under the age of 18. So, um, yeah. And then they're also putting $10 billion, $10 billion towards, like, people who are kind of struggling with, like, back rent, back mortgage payments, utilities, and things of that nature. Um, it also looks like uh, unemployment will be getting um, an extra $400. Um, I don't know how y'all get paid with unemployment, a, a paycheck or whatever. Um, so y'all will be getting that. Not, not a paycheck. <laughs> Unemployment check, whatever y'all call. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Guys. They have a card. You know, it is the 21st century. They got a card that they have and oh. the money gets loaded on there. <laughs> You'll get a deposit of an additional $400 per um, per period or whatever. Um, and then those who get the good old SNAP benefits, y'all are going to get a 15% increase through September. So if you haven't applied, apply now. Get your SNAP benefits and get a little extra because, you know, oh, and then if you just have, because they have COVID SNAP. So you'll get you, get you some groceries for the low. Get you a little help on your groceries. Another thing that's on that bill is uh, raising the, the minimum wage to 15 uh, to $15. How y'all feel about that? You know, I actually think that's a good thing. You know, I hope it's going to. You know, one thing that they don't tell you about bills is how long these things take or when they're going to start because bills don't just go into effect the next day and people just all of a sudden now we got $15 an hour as a minimum wage. Um, I think with the cost of living, the cost of medical care and things of that, you know, $15 an hour is, you know, it's it's needed, you know, because the one thing that a lot of people always say is that 
you are not meant to live on minimum wage, which I, I was agree just about with. to say that. Hey. Yeah, which I actually agree with. You're not meant to live on your minimum wage job, you know. Um, but I will say that there are things that you should still be able to afford on your own with minimum wage, such as, you know, your own health care and things like that. So if the cost of living is going to go up, the cost of minimum wage does need to go up. So, I, I you know, I'm actually pretty excited for the, you know, for the folks out here making minimum wage. And, you know, hopefully, you know, with the struggle, though, it does, you know, prompt you to to do better. I don't want it to enable people, you know, to sit there and stay in minimum wage if they can. But, you know, there are some people who don't or who are working their way through college who don't have the credentials yet, but still need the money to to help. So it'll try to help bring some people off of like the government aid and stuff like that and bring people to actually being able to pay and afford their own, you know, their own things and stuff, you know, so I, I think it should work out. What did Diamond do to get her through college? No one's doing that. I, I don't suggest that at all to anybody, period. <laughs> I, I do not. All I'm saying is, I mean, I disagree. I mean, I do feel like $15. I mean, like there's so many places that their own companies have made um, have made policies where they start at $15 an hour to where I don't feel like 15 the minimum wage. And in certain states like California, they raise theirs. I don't really feel like we should have a national minimum wage. And this is speaking as someone who works part-time who doesn't make minimum wage. Um, There's always been a national minimum wage. I just want you to know that. Well, I'm talking about California. Like they have theirs at, uh, uh, California changed theirs and the national is 725. What I, I guess I meant to say was, I don't feel like the national minimum wage should change. And if your state needs it, you know, you need to have that conversation with your people and be like, Hey, um, <laughs> You know, we kind of, it's kind of expensive here, so we're going to raise ours, but, you know, everyone else isn't. I mean, th the thing is, they're raising the price of living. I'm, I can speak for, like, I'm just saying Dallas. They are raising the price of living, and everything is becoming so expensive, apartments and everything, housing, but people aren't really making more money anywhere, really. So, I mean, and exactly, and that's another reason why I don't think the answer is minimum wage, because then I think raising the minimum wage, because then those things will have to go higher because now Susie, he works in front in the front office who does really nothing. Um, no, no, no offense to Susie. Um, now she's making $15 an hour. So how much is your rent going to be now? Right. But then again, you have Susie who's making seven twenty five right now. And so not only is she making seven twenty five, but she's also collecting benefits from the government, which actually goes into the people who make above minimum wages tax dollars. So then you have those people who are paying more in taxes to cover up what Susie's um, benefits are. I.e. the three of us in this room. Exactly. I mean, facts. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird, a weird conversation because I also think about like, do I really want, you know, my son is 11 at 16. Do I really want him making $15 an hour? Because I feel like that just makes room for you to smell yourself, like, because that's real money. I mean, you can make room to smell yourself, but I, you know, like what Gene said, like the cost of living in Dallas, one thing that people always, like from up north, coming here, only, the only thing I heard was how cheap it is to come live here. And I get here, it is no cheaper here. And honestly, I mean, that the, the gap is a lot larger in Chicago, but you are still paying a lot of money to live here, especially comfortably. Dallas is not cheap. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people think it is, but Dallas is not cheap at all. And so the raising of minimum wage, he can make $15 an hour at 16, but he still won't be able to get his own place. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Tell him to go he find somewhere to live comfortably. Think about it. He's, he's and 11. He, in, in five years, he'll be 16. Uh, do we really think the cost of living is going to go down? No, it's going to get worse. So that $15 is really going to look like seven 
in five years? I mean, facts. Um, I mean, like, I guess, I mean, I guess I see pros and cons to everything. Like, and this is probably just me speaking as an entrepreneur. I'm like, $15 an hour. That means, I mean, I guess that means people can pay me more. I'm going to have to raise my prices. But, I mean, <laughs> it just seems like if things, if $15 goes up, that means the cost of living is probably going to go even higher. Because, like I said, minimum wage is $15 in Cali. And they apartments are even more expensive than out here. Ooh. And so, I just, I just imagine the world being like California in a sense. Um, to where rent is, I mean, it's already stupid high, so it's probably going to go even more stupid high. We really need more like rent control and conversations around, around those type of policies to ensure that people are, um, doing well. And as far as minimum wage, we should probably look into like why people are living off of minimum wage. Like I said, there's so many jobs like Target, for example, they start all their employees at $15 an hour. Um, so why are you choosing to work? And I mean, Granted, you know, so now Target won't have to raise those rates. They don't have to change those rates. They can leave you at those rates. They don't have to put you at a certain percent above minimum wage. However, having one so you can pull some people out of poverty who are in poverty, because this will this will hopefully encourage people who are living in poverty or who are saying, okay, I don't need to go get a job because all they can, all they can get is something at seven twenty-five. There's a huge difference between making seven twenty-five and then making fifteen dollars an hour Definitely. for some people. So that will help, you know get them above, you know, and off of, you know, like I say, a big thing is benefits. I mean, you can't sit up here and, and, you know, and not raise minimum wage to help the people out who are on benefits and then complain about the people who are on benefits. But it's the issue that or it's the issue. Cause I know that one thing with uh, benefits is if you make a dollar over what you're supposed to make over poverty, they're trying, they snatch quick, give it back. Like they give, they take their benefits back so fast. So I'm wondering if more so if there should be a phase out program, because I know a lot of people, um, cause like I said, when I had my son, I was on it for a little bit. Um, granted again, like I said, I'm a bum. So I didn't like keeping up with that paperwork. So I, um, you know, ended up getting off of it, you know, prematurely, but it literally, if you make like, let's say around holidays, you do some overtime, you make a little bit more money. They're trying to snatch your benefits. Um, if you so, a lot of people are afraid to make even a dollar more, get a raise, make more money because if they do, they no longer qualify, and then you're because you end up in that weird space in between where you make enough money and you, um, you know that it's it's a gray area between making enough money but also still not being able to afford everything. And I lived there, you know. Granted, for me, it was throughout college, but it was definitely this like really horrible area where it's like. I don't quite make enough money to afford childcare, but I'm not necessarily below that poverty line, so you don't qualify. I mean, let's think about it. Minimum wage, if raising a minimum wage will get rid of the, um, like y'all said, it'll get, it'll get, I think it'll get rid of some of the benefits that people are receiving because that's such a, that's enough. Actually, seven to 15 is enough to actually see a change in someone's actual pocketbook. 30 cents, 40 cents, a dollar is not. So when you say when a person is scared to make a dollar more than what they make to keep their benefits, I wholeheartedly understand why, because a dollar more and now they lose their benefits. Now they that they can't. They still can't do childcare. They can't pay for gas. They're, there's going to be things they can't pay for without those benefits because it's a dollar. But fifteen dollars is a much greater difference. 
And at that point, they won't need, they won't be afraid to lose the benefits because now $15 puts them probably about what they would have with the benefits included. Like if you take the mm-hmm. the benefits and the check together, that's, it's, it's probably worth $15 an hour when you put them together. $8 is not. $9 still isn't, but 15 is. So I, I think this will be a lot better. And I mean, I'm not against people working on minimum wage. What's the problem with that? I don't see an issue because we need. I need somebody serving me my food at Jack in the Box. Not trying to be funny. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. I need someone to bag my groceries at the store. I like. that. I don't see a problem with those jobs. No, I mean you know, I mean I agree because they have to start somewhere. And those, jo- however, people have to realize that a lot of it. If you're complaining about not making enough money, you know, it's you know when you're 30 years old, you have to look back in your own decisions. So I, I you know, I do get what Clover is saying too. But at the same time, it's like I would much rather now you qualify for less benefits because let's be real. You're not going to be able to change people's decisions. People are going to make decisions. People are going to, you know, that's going to that's going to be consistent throughout. However, what you are going to be able to do is change how you can help out with those decisions. And so now you're making fifteen dollars an hour to where you will qualify for Medicaid, food stamps and WIC. And so let's go ahead and say, okay, well, now you don't get to qualify for two of those three things or one of those three things. So now you have to actually go work your job. And if you voluntarily quit a job, which we need proof from your employer that this is what happened, now we need to see now we need to see that we cut all your benefits. So maybe we need to start doing that and holding people more responsible at the same time. And that would help with the benefits problem that we do have, because I'm sorry, we cannot control that people are having more kids than they can afford. But you can control what you're doing to service those people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm in, I'm interest, interested to see um, how it goes down. It's not it's not looking like the bill is going to pass. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of keep our eyes glued to the tube hashtag bars and um, see uh, how it goes <laughs> down and um, you know what happens and all of that. But um, like I said, if it does happen, I mean, I directly benefit. So with my little part-time job, so I will definitely, um, I will take it. I'm not going to turn my nose up at it because I just feel like, you know, maybe that's not the answer. I'm going to take my 15 hour at my part-time and, you know, shimmy on to the left. Um, another thing that's going on in the, um, in the news with politics is the uh, good old COVID vaccine. It looks like uh, Johnson and Johnson just got their, um, their go ahead with their one time um, COVID vaccine. So now we have three vaccines on the market. It's the, I think it's Moderna, Pfizer, and now the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, so, and then they've also opened up, you know, another round of people have been eligible to get their vaccine. It seems like it's like catching a lottery when you're able to uh, get the vaccine. But I also know a lot of people who are still apprehensive about um, said vaccine. Yeah, I'm actually really happy about the Johnson and Johnson just because, you know, there are a lot of people who who have the vaccine. I'm one of them and who experienced that second dose. <laughs> you know, those uh, those blues were not the greatest feeling in the world. And there are people who experienced it way worse than me. Um, so I would definitely say that I'm happy about the Johnson and Johnson because it is a one dose vaccine. So hopefully it is it works. Um, the side effects aren't too bad. And, you know, it's, you know, it's something that takes and that can be done. But I, I'll also say that I wish that it would have been done like three days before, you know, just long enough for people to actually get it because my grandma went and got her vaccine yesterday. 
And she, you know, so she got, um, I think the Moderna. Yeah. So she's going to have to go for a second dose. So hopefully she doesn't get, you know, the really bad side effects from it. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm really happy about this second, you know, this uh, third vaccine coming also for the simple fact that we'll be able to have the numbers and get more people to be able to get their vaccine. So that people are not waiting so long because these phases are taking a while to get done. And a lot of people are they're they're wasting a lot of them because people aren't showing up and they don't have the the facilities to store them, you know, properly. So I'm actually happy that this third one did come out. So maybe we can get more people getting vaccinated soon. I mean, I I am on the fence. Like I'm here for it, but at the same time I'm kind of like, you know, history and thinking about like the whole like syphilis thing that we've been through as a people. I just want to make sure that they give everybody the same thing. And a certain crowd of people is not getting something different, but um, that's really my only concern. A lot of people say that they are worried about um, not necessarily knowing what's in the vaccine and, you know, it hasn't been tested. But I actually know I have a friend um, that was part of the trials um, for Pfizer and um, he uh, he rocks with it heavy. And like you said, you have it. So, I mean, me personally, I we're living in a weird time where it's like you're afraid to be near people. It's kind of like you danged if you do, you danged if you don't. It's kind of like, you know, we're living and it's like zombie land. And then it's also kind of like, I don't want to get, I don't want to want to sneeze on me. I don't want to want to cough on me. I can't go to Six Flags. I can't go have fun. But if I go get the vaccine, you know, I should be okay. But I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years from the vaccine. So I'm kind of like, if we're going to become zombies, I guess we can all become zombies together. I may literally go get like Whataburger after I leave here. So I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years from the red meat I'm about to eat today. But so I guess I'd rather take my chances with knowing what I'm going to get from this vaccine than knowing, you know, what I'm going to get from my diet. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of things that are that we can't control that we don't control. So worrying about a vaccine, especially growing up, like I'm a military kid. So I've been I've had every vaccine pretty much known to mankind because you don't get to write a letter and say you're an anti-vaxxer when you have, you know, when you're military, you have to have them. You know what I mean? So, well, at least back, you know, back in the day you did. So everybody got vaccinated back in the day. You didn't skip them. So. I mean, what's one more for me, you know, and I've always believed in them, um, you know, so I'm just going to go ahead. I'm, I'm for them. So and I, you know, I encourage people to get them because I actually had I've actually been around people who actually caught COVID shortly after being around me. And I was one of the few who didn't catch it. And this was after me getting my vaccine. So and this was actually only after my first dose, not even the second one yet. So I'm, I'm you know, I can definitely say personal with personal experience that. You know, I'm glad that I did get it because it's a possibility I would have had it. And as someone who goes and, you know, and takes care of an elderly person at night, uh, my grandmother, it, um, it, it it helps that I do have it already, you know, that I do have the vaccine already. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Um, I just wish, like you said, they would find a better way to roll them out so everybody can get them. I'm just kind of like if I'm going to need it to travel, I'm trying to travel and really get a lot of stuff done in 2021 and from here and beyond. So if I got to get it, I'm with it. But um I want them to find a better way to roll it out because figuring out which group you belong in and how to get in and if you ver- you qualify is way too much. Over in Israel, they're ahead of the game. In Israel, they got they said, look, we just want to mail, y- mail y'all y'all's uh, appointment and y'all need to show up. And I kind of feel like that's probably the way it should have went. Um, just tell people when they show up because trying to have people fit into these boxes, um, it just seems to be very complicated. I mean, kind of like verifying like where you work, like, they say that essential workers, you can work in IT, but it's like, okay, everybody in IT are just like certain people and certain food service workers can get it, but it doesn't kind of list who out. So I'm excited to see where they go. Um, 
I'm excited to learn more and more about this Johnson Johnson vaccine because um, a lot of people say that that second COVID shot is what really breaks them down. And Johnson Johnson is just, you know, one vaccine and it's out the door. So we will um, we will see how that goes. Yeah, I'm getting very um, I am legend vibes from it, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. <clears throat> so um, <laughs> I am legend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all know they was trying to cure cancer and yeah. giving everybody that stuff. I'm glad and, you mentioned I am legend. No, and, that's for real. I can watch that. Everybody turned now. into them things. So yeah. but we all gonna be them things together. Uh-uh. I'm gonna be I am legend because I don't think I want. You it. gonna live in the world by yourself? I guess so. You indeed. Yeah, I guess we will. Yep. Oh my God. I mean, hey, I mean, without two dogs. <laughs> I mean, that is very I am legend. I mean, it was a good movie, so I mean, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, if we all going to become zombies, I guess I'll become a zombie with you. I mean, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I haven't turned into one yet, so, you know. Um, true. This yeah, is very I'm, true. I'm still here, you know, so. I mean, and it's nighttime, so I think in the daytime and at night, ain't nothing changed, so. Right, right, right. I haven't any, you know, had any serious side effects. Okay. So, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. So I'll how do you feel? Do you feel you. invincible? I appreciate it. You said what? Do you feel invincible? I mean, I did get my superpowers. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm waiting on mine. <laughs> like, I want them for my superpowers. They say that we all going to get them. We're all supposed to get them earlier this month. All of the people with the, the melanin in their skin. So Right, right. I mean, you probably just missed out. I mean, dang Valley Girl talk. Knowing you, you were you, you either overslept or you just <laughs> you didn't show up on time for yours, knowing you. Uh, knowing me, I'd probably be like, wait, where were we supposed to go? That will be. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. So, um, using your degree, Nick, you asked me about mine, and you know I'm out here just kind of figuring it out. How about you? How about you use yours? What you got going this week? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna use my degree for something totally different right now. Okay. Um, and say that. Um, Yeah, actually, it's not. Actually, it's not anything stock related. It's just, um, just giving some advice on you know going to school and you know some of the stuff I learned. Um, a lot of people, I got a, I got a degree in finance, and what I wound up being was an entire accountant, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which is dope though. Ain't those different? They're completely different. I but figured. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I got an MBA. I took finance and accounting and they were different classes. So one is like, so accounting is like the checks and balances for finance, you know, because without the accounts and stuff in businesses and corporations, you would not. Um, and I mean, you would not have any control if it wasn't for the accountants, you know, being there, you know, uh, checking, you know, checking uh, your finance folks. So I will say that one thing that I did learn and is that, um, Accounting was not something that was pushed on people when I was growing up. You know, we didn't take we didn't have a lot of accounting classes. Come to think of it, it was one of those things where I was just kind of like, oh, OK, I just thought you was just balancing ledgers and credits and debits. So I thought it was like a bank account, a bank statement or whatever. And there was so much more to it. Um, so I was just, you know, I just wanted to give my experience on using my degree and just say that, uh, you know, when you go to school, you know, actually pay attention to a lot of the stuff that you study. Um, and I just had an opinion on taking accounting and stuff in college is that, you know, as a freshman in college, when you're 18 years old, they don't tell you how important that class is, you know? So that's one of those things where I was just like, I really wish they would have told me how important it would have been and how much I would have needed it if I was going to be a business major, because accounting literally followed me through every class. And had I not taken accounting classes, I don't think I would have passed any of them. Uh, so that's pretty much, you know, my 
my take on using my degree right now was actually given one of my college experiences, you know, from me going to, uh, from me pursuing my degree. All right. Well, I mean, we appreciate that. And I guess I'm going to, um, you know, do my little something extra this weekend. And normally I'm calling somebody out, but this week I'd actually want to, for my little something extra, I want to shout out Sheldon James, Stephen James, or Stephen, 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 Stephen James. And I need you to know the name if you're going to shout him out. Just go. Sorry, go. My bad, guys. <laughs> and um, and um, Shamir Anderson. They are uh, three brothers behind the largest fund for. Um, BIP, uh, PLC founders, uh, basically they're, they're an investment firm. Um, and so they have been able to, um, basically invest millions of dollars into like black owned business and startups as a, um, Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking, but they've been able to, um, basically invest money for, to be a like cap, a venture capitalist. So we're out here giving money to our people and just making their businesses grow. Um, and that's just really exciting. And they're all young. They're all under the age of 30. And they've been able to accomplish this um, over in Canada. So, um, you know, that's just amazing. And it, it's amazing to see our people doing stuff and um, really just growing and glowing and being able to give back and empower others. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, I'll drop the link in the bio if y'all want to read more about them. And that's kind of what I have this week. Do you have anything? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, these are actually kind of entertainment based. Um, you know, I love hearing uh, good stories about people doing things for the community. So of course, Jay-Z has done it again. Uh, we talked about his, you know, we talked about his partnership last week. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead and shout out to him for investing in um, the app Perch. And it's an app that is going to help people, you know, raise their credit scores by paying on things that they use normally, such as like your Hulu account, your insurance, you know, things like that to where they're going to report to credit agencies. Some, um, like some apartment complexes, my old one, they would report to TransUnion when you paid your rent. And I thought that was pretty dope because it was helping people, you know, build their credit for things that they already normally do because they check your credit to get an apartment. So why would they not report on it for when you paid your rent on time? You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was pretty dope. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. And then, you know, uh, the uh, the next thing, this is pretty extra for me, um, is to be something to have something about entertainment is that um, Coming to America 2 comes out on March 5th. Hey, same day <laughs> as the album. I really don't know how to feel about it because I really loved coming to America one. And this is so long afterwards. I just, I, I'm, I'm excited about it, but very nervous at the same time. Facts. They searching for like a 30 year old son, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I'm over here like, bro, what is about to happen? When did he have this baby? I, I think they came back to America. I guess he, uh, maybe he slept <laughs> with someone in the first movie that we didn't see. I don't know, but I am again, not excited, intrigued. <laughs> I mean, so it comes out March fifth, I think, on Amazon Prime, uh, Amazon Video, however, you, whatever it is. But yeah, I'm I'm actually really um, excited about this movie coming out, and I don't know why. As long as they don't redo Harlem Nights, I think I'm good. Yeah, Friday gonna be a good day. I'm looking forward to it, y'all. Like I'm just laying on Sunday. It's probably just gonna be talk about the movie and the album. Um, I'm so excited. I forgot that March 5th is, you know, that they're me and dates again. I'm just like, oh, I think March 5th, and I was like, album, even though I knew. Mm -hmm. I knew, but it's because because them people said Friday. Anderson Pack said, "Hey, I got a stuff coming out Friday," and then March fifth, they just seemed so different to me. But they're not. <laughs> you so dates and days for you just don't work out. Yeah, I feel like it should just kind of be all the same. Like just say March fifth or just say Friday. 
But, but it is all the same because it's mean, Friday. It but March 5th is Friday. <laughs> right. Y'all know what I mean. No, Mm-mm. no one does. We don't. We're not actually going to let you make it with us. Uh, no. Whatever. Well, y'all, it was fun. <laughs> See y'all next week. I'll hear y'all. Whatever. 